Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Bove in Ontario with another episode of The Yacking Show. First, let's say hello to Kathleen, co-host Kathleen Bove, Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. Good to have you back on the show. Oh, it's great to be here as always, Peter. Thank you for that. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. And we're so excited to welcome Ashley Sang on the show today. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Now, Ashley is a brand messaging strategist, consultant, and collaborator, and today she'll be talking to you about growing your brand to have more impact. But first, Ashley, can you give us a little bit about your background and what led you to leave the nonprofit world and launch your own business? Yeah. So like many people, I am a bit of an accidental turned intentional entrepreneur. I was living and working in Senegal um, in West Africa doing international development communications. And uh, when my husband, who is Senegalese, got his green card, we moved to the U.S. And um, I was a bit burnt out on international development. I felt a bit removed from the people that we were serving and the mission as a whole. So I thought, all right, let me try local nonprofits, people in my own backyard. Maybe I'll feel a bit more connected to that impact. And I had been freelancing on the side because for anyone who has gone through the immigration process, they do not tell you what date you can be expecting to move or any details. So I wanted to have something going and I came to discover how much I loved the variety of it, the variety of people and missions and skill sets that I could offer. So even as I found a job with a local Habitat for Humanity, I kept freelancing. And the more I did it, the more I realized this is what I want to be doing. I don't want to commit to a single cause or a single job description. I want to be reaching people in new ways. So I took my business full time at the beginning of 2019, and uh, I haven't really looked back. I I discovered I I have that entrepreneurial gene in me that I did not think I necessarily had. I have that visionary energy that I did not think I necessarily had. And the more I go down the rabbit hole, the more I realize that I really see business as a mechanism for doing good. Mm -hmm. I see business as a mechanism to have as much impact as possible. And I love that I may have vicarious impact through my business. So in working with really amazing clients who have amazing visions and are producing really incredible results, I'm able to then have that trickle down impact through my business as well. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well done. So quick one, Cam- um, Senegal, I never got that far. I got to Cameroon and I, I lived in Africa most of my life and I spent a lot of time in Zaire, Angola, Rwanda, Burundi, uh, Kenya a little bit. So I would guess four years in Senegal, you suffered with the first winter you got back to Illinois. Uh, yes, uh, we are not winter people. <laughs> I am absolutely a sunshine girl, although we were just in Senegal for five weeks over okay. December. Of, yeah. um, and it was like borderline too warm. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm like a 
sunshine, but not boiling, boiling heat, but right. absolutely not a winter person. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in when when I saw where you live now and that you've spent four years in Senegal. Mm-hmm. So, so Ashley, um, look at, we looked at your website, and there's a couple of very interesting things you have on there. Um, would you explain conscious consumerism? Because I'm pretty sure many of our business audience are not familiar with the term, but it's important that they should understand it. How would you explain it? Yeah, so... When I think of conscious consumerism, I think of the literal definition of being conscious of your spending, Mm -hmm. Uh, because every single dollar we spend or whatever currency we are in um, has a ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. You are absolutely voting with your dollars. You're voting for the treatment of their workers. You're voting for their supply chain. You're voting for the way they market and message. You are voting for the product and service and brand that you are supporting, whether you're intentional and conscious about it or not. And so for me, conscious consumerism is simply taking a step back before you spend any money ever and thinking, what will be the impact of this? Will this be adding toward the things that I care about and value? Or will this be making the world a little bit worse? (laughs) And so for me, conscious consumerism really is getting in tune with your values, what you want to be in support of, and or what you want to actively be boycotting, um, but without, you know, having to take to the streets, you just research alternatives, or you make an alternative, or you find some other way to pour money into what it is you care about, or divest money from what you don't want to be supporting. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, good, good explanation. And I think we all do that, even us old people like myself, we, we do that perhaps uh, somewhat subconsciously, um, Mm -hmm. because of what we've heard or come to believe about certain certain producers. Thank you. Yes. Well, we've had the great pleasure of interviewing many brand experts on our show. But can you tell us what sets you apart? Yeah. So, On paper, it is the fact that I focus on values alignment. And that's actually something I talk about very often in my content is that your values are how you stand out. It's how you set yourself apart. It's how you build that trust with people because there are a million and one other podcast hosts or brand strategists Mm -hmm. or copywriters or mindset coaches or accountants, whatever it is that you offer, whether you're a product-based business or a service-based business, there are so many other people who offer what you offer. Of course, you have your own nuance, right? But it really comes down to your values. So the fact that I focus on values as a mechanism for building a brand is um, a little bit special. And then on a personal level, you also bring that personality side, right? So in working with me, it's that little bit of magic that comes with working one-on-one with a consultant. It's my unique perspective and experience and way of distilling your ideas that are inside your head and heart and creating that bridge from you, the visionary, to the people you want to reach through your business and through your brand. So it's a little bit of the logistics. Let's really get into what is your message? What are your values? How do you want to be known? How do you want to make people feel? Those are the nuts and bolts, the things that we can very tangibly describe and write out on paper. And then a little bit of what sets me apart is just 
my special brain that <laughs> no one else has, right? Um, so it's that combination that um, makes working with me what it is. Excellent. Okay, very interesting. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask you, but I've got to ask you with the African connection. I would guess that Senegal is similar to the other African countries I've been to in many ways, and there's far less red tape than there is in North America. And business in many ways is a, a lot easier to set up. It's a lot more difficult in other ways. But the philosophy is um, it's quite easy to set up a business and to do it. You don't have to worry too much about obeying all the rules. Let's put it that way. So mm -hmm. do you find that, that having spent four years in an environment like that has helped you in um, – getting your clients in North America now to think outside the box and look at things a little differently. So did that experience help you? What's your, your opinion? Yeah. So I absolutely think time abroad in any capacity, um, especially if you live there, if you're integrated into the culture mm -hmm. in any capacity, um, I absolutely think that shapes your worldview, mm -hmm. your ability to problem solve, your ability to know what's important to you, what you want to absorb from other people and cultures and ways of doing. Um, so yes, that has absolutely shaped who I am as a person. Um, in terms of business, I also think that being in touch with people who think differently than yourself or have different lived experiences than yourself builds empathy. And empathy at mm -hmm. the end of the day is so essential to marketing. You need to get inside your client's head and heart to be able to craft messages that resonate with them, to be able mm -hmm. to price based on what they need and want, not what you think that you would pay for it, to be able to craft offers or create product lines that are, again, what your audience needs and wants. So that empathy in whatever way you're able to build it, whether it's from living abroad or some other way is really, really essential. And then I will just say that I find the Senegalese people in general to be so entrepreneurial. Um, and what's really cool, it is it is very sort of under the radar. Um, everyone has a side hustle, a varying degrees of success and revenue. And um, I, I quite often see news articles of yet another Senegalese entrepreneur who has really made a splash in some industry, whether it's the food mm -hmm. industry or lots of um, like really cool zero waste or repurposing industries. Um, so yes, maybe I did absorb a little bit of that entrepreneurial spirit while I was there too. Oh, good. Wonderful. Wonderful. So check a little bit who who's your typical client that you work with what type of business are they yeah so quite often it is fellow online service providers okay. people who are maybe solopreneurs or have a small team and quite often they even understand marketing quite well and that's how they know messaging is so important and that's how they know that they need that outside perspective because we're just too close to it it is so much easier for me mm -hmm. to do someone else's brand messaging strategy than it is for me to do my own right because i am too emotionally invested i live and breathe it every day i think all the things in my head and heart are clear to everyone else right so um often it is online service providers who um, I call them conscious and caring business owners. They want to do right by their clients. They want to run a business that feels good and does good in some capacity. And then the other camp of clients that I work with are 
um, more formally impact leaders. So whether mm -hmm. it is nonprofit leaders or um, startup founders in the social impact space. And a lot of the work I do with these types of leaders is values alignment with their team and with their okay. vision. So really getting everyone on the same page of here's what our organization is working toward. Here's what our vision is. And we're all on board with what this vision means and looks like. And most specifically, what our values are, because that's how we show up. That's how we make decisions. That's how a leader is able to justify spending money in this way or letting this person go or hiring these three people or changing course in some way, having those tough conversations. If we are able to get not only the visionary, the leader, the founder on board with what the values are, but also their board or mm -hmm. their C-suite or their team, then we're really able to get the organization moving in the same direction and have values aligned leadership in a way that really, really feels good and is a lot more sustainable. Um, so those are the two camps of, of okay. people that I often work with. Good. Excellent. Great. So Ashley, what is one actionable tip that our listeners could implement today to have more impact? Yeah, what's so cool about impact is it can manifest in whatever way you want it to or have the bandwidth to make it happen, mm -hmm. right? So I'm a 1% for the planet member, which means that I pledge to give 1% of all my revenue to an environmental organization. Um that is one very tangible, very low lift way to have impact, right? Um, and it's a way to pay forward. Uh, my clients pay me. I invest in these uh, environmental organizations. These environmental organizations do the amazing work they do, which supports the planet and our people. And it all cycles back, right? Um, another thing you can do is really reflect on what is the impact you want to have and how do you want to have it? Think about who it is that you're amplifying. If you're a podcast host, um, are you interviewing people with different backgrounds and perspectives, right? Or as you share things on Instagram, who is it that you are raising up and who is it that you're ignoring? That's a very simple way to align your values mm -hmm. with your amplification practices, right? You can also think about who you're partnering with, either on joint ventures or people that you hire or contractors that you work with or um, stores or vendors that you partner with, right? So those partnerships are a really powerful way to have impact um, and values alignment. You can also think, again, about where you're spending your money, um, everything from your tech stack to the conferences you attend, to how you travel and where you travel, all of these things add up, even your pricing, right? Um, if accessibility is one of your core values and you want to reach as many people as possible and impact as many lives as possible, but you only have, um, I don't know, premium offers that start at four-figure investments and up, is that in alignment, right? Are you able to create some sort of something that is much lower price point, much more accessible, still impactful, um, but in a lower touch way. 
Um, it all comes back to what are your values and what's your vision for impact. And then you can really look across your operations and your marketing to have little and big impact in those areas. Mm-hmm. So here's one for you. And I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm I'm trying to be practical. So here's the scenario. I'm a small business owner. I'm making a moderate profit. I'm employing 10 or 12 people. We're keeping our head above water. And the best we can do is keep on doing what we're doing, right? Um, We're not supporting any particular causes. We don't believe we're doing anything wrong or going out of our way to damage the environment. And we're minding our own business. Where would be the advantage in us aligning with a given cause in that? If we're selling a commodity product that is not, uh, it's not fur or expensive plastic or polluting or anything like that. It's a, I don't know, whatever. It's a basic commodity product. Why should we make the effort to align or support, align with or support a cause and take our eye off the ball of what we're doing? And I'm, it's, I want to know because I think a lot of people are in that position. Right. So I think the first thing would be reframing it as it's not taking your eye off the ball, right? Like it is all about how can you further integrate and align your values? Mm -hmm. Um, So every organization has values, whether they are intentional about them or not. Sure. Every organization has a brand, whether they are intentional about it or not. Your brand is simply your perception, what other Mm -hmm. people think of you when you come to mind or whether they even think of you, right? So if you get really intentional with what are our values, that is going to draw you closer to not only customers, but also partners. So if, for example, um, you really value... um, diversity and inclusion, for example, then of course you can look at your hiring practices. Of course you can look at donating to speakers who, um, or, or organizations who, uh, support diversity and inclusion, um, trainings. You could Mm -hmm. bring in a trainer and actually pay the speaker a, a, an honest amount that values what it is that they are bringing to the table. You can also um, simply share free content from around the internet. So curate content. It costs you nothing other than time or maybe mm-hmm. a, a point person to be doing that curation work. But the the content curation itself doesn't cost money. Um, and all of that is about being in integrity and alignment with your values so that you're able to build trust. If you say that transparency is important to you, or if you say that um, a luxury experience is important to you, or whatever it is that you value as a brand, living out those values and leading with those values will only bode well for the business. It will build trust amongst your customer base, amongst your team, amongst your partners. It will attract more people who also care about those things or who respect you for making those choices and putting that stake in the ground and saying, I stand for this. And again, that is how you stand out. Because if you don't, if you are just, let's say you make uh, t-shirts and you have nothing special about the t-shirts other than it's a great t-shirt, then why would people spread the word about you? Why sure. would you get press coverage? Why would you um, have a booming referral business? 
why would people want to have you on their podcast? Like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You have okay. to have something that people can cling on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, investing in causes, again, whether it's monetary or not, keeps that energy flowing and especially that money flowing. So when okay. you invest in something, it often comes back to you, mm-hmm. um, whether it's direct profits or future partnerships or whatever it is, sure. um, that money really is an exchange of energy and intention and um, money makes the world go round. So investing in something that you care about um, will will bode well for your business. It's like sure. whatever, so gonna... whatever you give out is what you'll receive in we'll return. And the more you give, you'll get back what's it, what they say yeah. to people. I want to, can I just press Ashley a little bit on this one? So (laughs) let's use your tea. I mean, press in a good way uh, because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get information for our audience and I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. So let's go back to the t-shirt producer. So if that t-shirt printer, seller, whatever, decided I've got to help the world a little bit and I'm no longer going to buy t-shirts that are produced in sweatshops in Bangladesh, which has some deplorable, their garment industry has a terrible name for being sweatshops. right? So I'm going to support some small artisanal t-shirt producers in America, keep the money in America and um, support small communities, small villages, small towns in America. And then they use that in their, in their branding. Is, is that the sort of thing we're talking about? Would that yes, be in it, alignment with some good it, values, do you believe? Yeah, it could be, right? Um, so, okay, two thoughts here. Um, one is look at every single aspect of your operation. So, yes, like I feel like a sweatshop is a very extreme example. Like, yeah, yes, sure. that is almost definitely always the right decision is to go away from the sweatshop and toward an ethical supply chain. Um, but let's say, for example, you already have an ethical supply chain and um, you make some other tweak, right? As long as you're able to justify it based on your values, then uh, it's a good choice, right? And Mm -hmm. if you're able to communicate it, that's the most important part because maybe it'll raise prices for your customers or maybe it will impact um, the deliverability time or something like that, right? If you're able to justify why you're making this change, again, to your team, to your customers, to your partners, then your values are a really, really powerful tool to make that justification. And then sure. secondly, um, I think you said something like, uh, would that be you know, good values or a good choice or something like that? And in my framework, um, no value is inherently good or bad. Um, of course, I, I believe there are like good and bad companies in this world, but let's take the example of inclusivity versus exclusivity. Um, At face value, you might think one is better than the other, but really it's about your audience and it's about how you define and enact that value. So if, for example, um, I want to create a community for people with some sort of um, traumatic experience and shared identity, having an exclusive community for people with that shared Mm -hmm. identity could be very, very essential to having a safe space, to having the transformation I want to have in their lives. Because having too many different perspectives or other life paths might distract or um, create a lack of safety for them to show up in their fullest capacity, right? So in that case, exclusivity is 
a core value of mine and that is how it manifests. And that is super important to the deliverability of my promise. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm creating um, a, an entrepreneurial community and I want to have it be as inclusive as possible, different religions, different offers, different countries of origin, all of those perspectives will add richness and color and interest to the group and we can all learn from each other so inclusivity in that case is going to be such an asset to my business model um and the way that i talk about my community etc so inclusivity or exclusivity is not good or bad it is simply how i define it for my business how it manifests for my audience and how i make my operational and marketing decisions around that value Okay. Well, well done. That's one of the most sensible explanations of or references to inclusivity I've ever heard. So well done for that one. Good. Yes, absolutely. Back to so, you, Kathleen. So Ashley, if I were to contact you as a client, can you walk me through the process or the initial steps you would take with me? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so often it's a conversation to see what exactly your needs are, which of my offers would be the best fit for you, or if someone else in my network would be a better fit for you and where you are and what your vision is. But assuming we would be a good fit, um, my sort of signature offer is a messages that matter VIP day, which is a values aligned brand messaging strategy uh, intensive. And so with that, I send a pre-questionnaire to really get the juices flowing because we write differently than we speak. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have all these ideas swirling around and we just need a place to dump these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we've been thinking about them in the back of our head, but we've never sat down and taken the time to get them out on paper. So that's the sort of pre-work. And then we get on a call face-to-face and deep dive into those responses. Mm -hmm. And that is where that sort of bit of magic comes in. Um, I ask those probing questions of what do you mean by this? Or, oh, can you tell me a story around that? Or um, how how has this looked in the past or or et cetera? Why is this so important? Um, And often, almost without fail, the client will say, oh no, I'm starting to ramble. And that's how I know we're getting to something good, right? That's how I know they're so passionate about it, or this has been so essential to their business journey or their business Mm -hmm. vision. And then I go off and distill everything that we've captured via the, the, the questionnaire and via the real conversation. And I create a brand messaging guide which is a living, breathing document. It's not a beautiful slide deck like graphic designers often create. Um, It is a Google Doc that is meant to be copy and pasted and marked up and evolve as the business evolves, as the audience evolves, as the offers evolve. Um, And then we get on a wrap-up call. And that is where we go over the guide line by line to make sure it sinks in and it feels right and it sounds like them. And then I bake in an empathetic accountability call um, maybe two to four weeks afterward because a strategy is only as good as it is implemented. Mm -hmm. So I like to check in and go over how's it going using this guide? Do we need to update your IG bio? Do you, are you in the midst of pitching podcasts 
Um, are you redoing your about page? What is it that you're working on that we can directly apply this guide that we co-created and get that momentum going? So that's what it would look like to have a messages that matter VIP day together. And then of course I have other ways to work with me as well. Oh, wow. wow. Well, that sounds, sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Very good. So here's a question for you that we ask all our successful guests and, and you, you um, are a good one to ask this because you've worked in Africa. You've been exposed to a lot, a lot of different cultures and you've been in the not-for-profit and the corporate world and now your own business for several years. So Actually, in your mind, is there one characteristic or habit or value that sets successful people apart from those that remain average? And I don't just mean acquiring wealth. I mean having a well-balanced life, health, and everything else. Is there one thing or is it more complicated? Yeah, I have found that for entrepreneurs, for visionaries, for people who really make their mark in this world, it is the fact that they see the world differently Mm -hmm. than everyone else. The fact that they question the status quo Mm. and that they are deeply committed to making purposeful progress toward whatever change they want to see. Um, I have a whole podcast called Purpose and Progress specifically around that idea of entrepreneurship is really an exploration. It is a journey. It is a manifestation of the change you want to see in this world. And so I think I think those characteristics are really what set people mm-hmm. apart um, and specifically successful entrepreneurs. Excellent. Mm, very well, good. We are, Excellent. We are running uh, short on time here, Ashley, but please tell us how people can contact you. Yes, thank you. So um, you can reach out to me via my website. Of course, you can listen to more of my point of view and amazing guests that I interview on my podcast, Purpose and Progress. Um, And then if you want a peek into my framework, you can download a visionary's guide to elevator pitches. And that is how to talk to real people about what you do and why it matters. Excellent. For our audio listeners, would you just tell them the the actual name of your website? Yes, it is ashleysang.com. So Ashley with two E's, sang like sang a song. And um, that is my name sort of all over the internet. And um, yeah, I'm happy to connect in whatever way people like. And they can reach your podcast through your website as well? Yep, ashleysang.com slash podcast. And uh, the elevator free download is ashleysang.com slash elevator. It's all very simple, very easy. It's an e- I know we've been to the website. It's easy to navigate. So <laughs> that's great. Thank you very much, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you and so the much last, for me. Uh, Before Kathleen wraps it up, a last word for me. Uh, for our audience, if you don't want to miss news of our exciting guests coming up in the future, visit our website, theyackingshow.com, and sign up to get on our mailing list. Over to Kathleen. Well, thank you all so very much again for tuning into our show. Ashley, thank you again for being with us today. And do you have questions about your business you'd like to have answered? Uh, Please let us know because we have access to wonderful experts that we can have on the show to help you answer those questions. And uh, if anybody would like to be a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach us at the yackingshow.com all you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we would love to hear from you so until next time take care everyone bye-bye goodbye